You're listening to the Psy Fidelity Podcast, Episode 89, Amazing Interstellar Guardians of Tomorrow Past. The Psy Fidelity Podcast contains adult language and themes and is intended for a mature audience. However, in this episode, we kind of nerd out over a bunch of movies, so I think you're pretty much safe from too much vulgarity. So the first episode of Z Nation has a zombie baby in it. So I don't know if that... It's still zombies and it's still kind of Walking Dead. But this, apparently, when you die as a baby due to that virus, you get really fucking fast. Like, you turn into, like, a human spider. Because the fucking thing, it, like, scampered away. (laughs) And it was, like, hiding under cars and shit. And it pounced at people. And I was like, um... Okay, the baby when it was alive couldn't move that fast, so <laughs> this seems strange so, to me. Fuck that baby, I think. Is a, I well, think fuck that baby's a good place to start. Uh, <laughs> like the baby, the baby died, right? But then it turned, and they're like, "Oh well," because their whole thing there is about uh, you know not letting people walk around as zombies, right? So somebody you love dies. You crack them in the skull. It's called giving them mercy, right? It's a big, like it's a, it's a cultural thing because it's three years after the uh, the Z Z day or whatever, and so they're mm. like, okay, well, you know, the baby's turned. We can't just leave it like that. We have to give it mercy. And the one guy's like, uh, how about we just say fuck that baby and get back to going where we're going? They're like, nope, can't do it. We got to go back in there, and uh, that doesn't end up well for him. The guy that was like, uh, fuck that baby. Close the door and let's get the fuck out of here. I feel bad for the guy who was speaking what I would say was common sense. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I felt bad for him too, but then I realized that he died because he had another show to go to. So, Okay, well then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He fell prey to what I like to call Shane's disease. (laughs) (laughs) Where did did Shane end up? I think he ended up on that TNT show, also with um, Frank Durban, the one about gangsters that Uh, was uh, uh, ceremoniously canceled. Oh... He jumped no. ship only to have his show canceled? That sucks, man. Hey, honestly, it was amazing that Shane lasted as long as he did. We both know how long he lasted in the comic yeah. book. So. Oh, no. I was saying they need to get rid of that fucker. He, he's just a problem. <laughs> yeah. He really was just a problem. <laughs> Open up and the that's why we had to shoot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cyberdelity Podcast. <laughs> this is Patrick. This is Brian. Well I done, figured, Michael. We would have been there I figured forever. I would say something fucked up so I could just go ahead and say <laughs> So we could just dive right in. Oh, that's Pretty awesome. much. I actually just saw the guy who played Shane in a movie. 
Um, he was in a movie that I, I finally got around to watching well after it was popular, which was Wolf of Wall Street, which is filled with a bunch of actors that you know from that show, but you only know from that show, and you can't think of his actual name, and you can barely think of the name of the character that he plays on the show that you know him from. Yeah, that movie is filled with a ton of those guys, uh, and Shane um, was one of them. Like, uh, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? That guy? I, um, I, can, I can never remember his name. I, I didn't say he was only filled with oh. those guys. Oh, okay. All right, well, whatever. It's fine. I mean, that Jonah Hill guy's in there, too. Oh, 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 and that uh, that Dazed and Confused dude, he's in it, too, right? Yeah, for like five minutes, yes. Oh, well, there. there you go. <laughs> whatever, he got his fucking paycheck. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll tell you, I was only in it for two and, minutes. You got paid, and he's. He's still what I like to call Dallas Buyers Club aid skinny. <laughs> so, he is in that movie and he is noticeably thin. Wow. Yeah, well, that's that just shows that he's a true actor. Yeah, kind of does. Yeah. Hey, people get Oscar noms for doing that kind of shit and he did. So, that reminded me when I was watching that movie that there was a shit ton of movies that came out in 2014 <laughs> that we never talked about. I mean, we talked about them. But we never did like a spoilerific or whatever. Uh, that it was kind of ridiculous. And I figured if nothing else, we could just go over those movies real quick. Are, are Maybe you not- suggesting that perhaps the Sci-Fi podcast dropped the ball? Is that what you're thinking? Because I would have to say, sir, that that is patently incorrect. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that maybe we dropped the ball. But, uh, uh, no, no. We didn't do a spoiler review no, for Guardians of the Galaxy. We discussed, we discussed Doctor Who in incredible detail with a recent episode. Uh, there's nothing uh, else in 2014 we're talking about. Nothing else happened. We, uh, well, we'll get to all that later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, Oh, we talked about Doctor Who quite a bit recently. Yes, so, that's what I said. So the Doctor Who lobbyist got paid very well. Oh, yes. Doctor Who lobbyist. <laughs> no, 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 no. They sent, they sent me a fruit. Ba- they sent me a fruit basket. It was awesome. <laughs> so whoever was really pushing Doctor Who got their money's worth because I actually think we talked about Doctor Who. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we talked about Doctor Who quite a bit. <laughs> Oh yeah. So what else is there? Nothing. Surely, <laughs> surely not Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a couple of other movies that we didn't talk about that I won't even mention. Well, I will mention at least one. Uh Transformers Age of Extinction. I only mention it because it ended up being the highest grossing movie of the year. Fuck that movie. Whoa. Um, how, how how much how much did that make? I um, suppose I can look it up. No, you know what? Yeah. Keep talking. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, look I was going to say, I, I can look up, I can do the research, uh, but uh, uh, it was close to a billion. In approximately I, I, a, like 30 seconds, you will just hear me shout out an exclamation of pain and sorrow, and that means I, I, that actually, I looked it up. Actually, I think I saw this one. It made 3.8 fuck tons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you this. It probably could be measured in fuck tons. It's uh. It's a measurement of how much I don't give a shit. I'll tell you that right now. Um, oh, you yeah. know, another, another movie that we uh, are not, that I'm just going to bring up once and then we'll forget, is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, fuck that well, movie. We did a whole episode on the trailer for it. <laughs> yeah, we kind of did. 
Okay, well, we can't we can't discuss Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that would require us to see it, and I'm not willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> um, all right, fuck that okay. movie. All right, it still made less than uh, Avengers, and so that's all that matters. It only made like a yeah, billion yeah. dollars. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it it, it was the highest grossing movie of this year, but yeah, there's still some of our beloved movies that made way more than it did, but. I was surprised to see how much fucking money that movie made. Even when I believe it's universally hated and panned, it still makes a billion dollars. <laughs> that what is the called fuck? that is a business model that I would like. <laughs> right? Yes. Exactly. Like, it's like I, it's like the Walmart of movies, right? It's just like everybody <laughs> like there's the people of Age of Extinction and yet we still spend money there. I don't. I don't quite get it. <laughs> That's a very good analogy because I will shit all over Walmart and still go there when I'm in a hurry. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. Let's just go to Walmart. <laughs> That's making you part of the problem, but we will not be part of the problem today because we're not talking about that bullshit. We're talking about the good movies. We're talking about good, good movies. movies that we should have talked about, that I'm sure that we did talk about, and Michael is high that he forgot it. But I will humor Michael by letting (laughs) him talk about it again. All right, so I can go back and forth between comic book movies, because we got three of them, and non-comic book sci-fi movies. Which one do you guys want to start with? Do you want to start with a comic book movie, or do you guys want to start with a non-comic book movie? I'm going to give my vote to Brian. I'll let him pick. Oh, let's see. Uh, let's do a comic book movie, then we can alternate. All right, well, I'm going to start with the one you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, mainly, mainly because I feel like it's the one that will be the fastest, that will just burn through it the quickest, and that's Amazing Spider-Man 2. I only saw that movie recently, and I saw it months after that movie came out. Like, it came out towards the beginning of the year, I believe, and I just saw it late in the year. Actually, I saw it uh, early the next year. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it last week. <laughs> no, literally. So, it came out in May. Uh, it came out yeah. in May, but I saw it like the last week of 2014, too. I, and I saw it the first week of 2015. <laughs> so, And why yeah. is that? Because that's when it came on cable. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, not spending extra money on this fucking movie. Are you high? Uh, so, one thing that I will say is, I everybody was I I kept putting it off because everybody kept talking about how it was worse than Spider Man three and it was the worst Spider Man movie ever made and maybe it's because I went into it with those kind of expectations but it wasn't bad I don't think it was necessarily great but it wasn't bad it was all right yeah, so it was, so it was better than Spider Man three oh it was definitely better than okay. Spider Man three yeah. I, I, I can make so. that assertion easily yeah, okay I, well, I I well. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I, I guess I, I'm not, I, I have not seen this movie because I saw Amazing Spider-Man 1 and there was nothing there for me. And I, there was nothing in that movie that made me want to watch a sequel at all. And so I. <laughs> and if you feel that way, I can pretty much tell you, you probably wouldn't get much out of the sequel. Yes. So. Unless you like Dawson's Creek, because a lot of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is. Uh, Peter and Gwen Stacy breaking up, and then Peter feeling sad about it. So yes, there uh, was a lot of that movie. 
I, oh, and I, actually, him listening to sad music. Don't forget that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did feel like I was watching a movie made by MTV Pictures. Um, <laughs> I uh, when I was watching that movie, because me and my friends, uh, we started talking about it, and one of uh, the things that we brought up was it didn't feel like that movie had like an A plot. I felt like there was a lot of B and C plots. But there was no real A plot. There was no main plot to that movie. The closest you got was Gwen Stacy. Uh, was the, really? the, the Dawson's I call, Creek. I would call the A plot Electro, actually. Not, it wasn't well fleshed out, but it was obviously. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, I felt like there was no plot that felt really fleshed out other right. than, and even that one didn't feel super fleshed out. It oh, just no, it felt didn't. more fleshed out than the other ones was the, I have to break up with you, Gwen, but then I have to stalk you and then follow you around and then tell you that I'm following you around. And yeah. Hey, hey, she called him for that meet. So, Brian, what happens is... Uh, he turned the- into Superman? <laughs> A little bit? No, because he wasn't little- creepy as shit when he did it. <laughs> well, yeah, he also didn't father her baby. There's that, too. <laughs> Like, he didn't go to her house and look in her windows and, like, shit like that. It was just, when she was out on public lands, he just happened to keep an eye on her. Um, But, uh, so you remember at the end of the first one where Gwen's dad's like, hey, uh, don't drag my daughter into your superhero bullshit, right? And so Peter is kind of spending the whole time, like, he, he keeps seeing her dad everywhere. And he's like, yeah, I really shouldn't bring you into this bullshit. And uh so we should break up. And, or actually... Apparently he's done that a couple times. So she she broke up with him, but right. they both still love each other, right? And he's still pining for her, and she's still pining for him. And she calls him up and says, "Oh, we should just hang out and be friends now." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna work because I fucking love you, girl. I follow I followed you to the pizza place as Spider Man just so I could see you and make sure you were okay, like, <laughs> you know. but not yeah. in a creepy stalker way, not like Superman. That's that'd be ridiculous, right? That would be ridiculous." That would be ridiculous. Uh, I will say the vibe that I got from this movie, I think it definitely was campier than the first one was. It was one of the campiest one. If it wasn't for Spider-Man 3, it would probably be the campiest Spider-Man movie. But it didn't bother me so much. Actually, as I was talking to one of my friends, Jason, who is a fan of the show and will love the fact that I just mentioned his name. Um, if he ever he, gets to this episode. He's actually not that far off. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty close. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, what I <laughs> what I, I pointed out to him was, uh, like, I I told this to Patrick before too. Uh, I go through phases when I was reading comic books back, and I still do this. I go through phases of whatever I'm reading at a particular time. So my Spider Man phase was, I think, late '90s and the early 2000s, and. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie actually kind of felt like what the Spider-Man comic books were like during the time I read Spider-Man. It was kind of campy, but still fun. Uh, there was enough in it that I could still enjoy, even though... And the thing is, it's Spider-Man. If Spider-Man's done right, he's corny. So that you just kind of have to get over that. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't call it corny. He's, he's, he's rife with quips. I wouldn't call that corny. That's just, uh, that's him being, he's him being amazing. That's his amazing superpower. The spider stuff is just, you know, whatever. Um, 
But well, there are good quips and there are bad quips. You know, yeah. well, you know, you can, Toby you can read, definitely you know, showed us that there were bad quips. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, let, let's look at Firefly. It's kind of nothing but quips, but uh, you know, right. but, but, but we love brilliant. it because they're great. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, oh, also, so. when did Electro become Doctor Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They to say they ramped up his power level doesn't even cover it. <laughs> just a little bit, just just a tad. So, just you know, a what spell? was his original? No. What was his original power level? His original cover? power level was a souped-up taser. Let's just be real. <laughs> he, he can shoot lightning bolts. Is basically right. what he does, right? So could he power a Delorean? Maybe. I don't know if he could generate that much power. To be honest, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, but it's, we'll see it, lightning bolts. Well, no, I mean, it's enough to electrocute somebody, but not enough to travel through so, time. So, better than force lightning, but not 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 enough to power a DeLorean. Ooh, I don't even know if it's better than force lightning, to be honest. Well, <laughs> force lightning never kills anybody, so I was thinking if you said, I, I assume this, he can uh, actually kill somebody, right. but... <laughs> there's he probably um, should kill somebody. There's a, a level, a list of Spider-Man villains, which are what I would call blue-collar. They're just costumed <laughs> heroes that are just yeah. doing the day's work, and they're not really crazily powered. The Flash actually has a ton of these too. Um, not heroes, villains. Villains. There's. A, I'm sorry, I said heroes. Has a list of villains that are just. Uh, look, I'm just a bad guy who happens to be maybe a little super powered, and I'm just trying to do a day's work. I'm just trying to get a paycheck. I don't really give a shit. Electro is very much in that vein, but in this movie. He's pretty much godlike. <laughs> I was like, "Oh dear lord!" <laughs> well, so in this movie, he uh, he has he can do the thing where he just turns into static electricity. So his his physical body just blows away in the wind and goes through electrical sockets and shit. And he could never do that in the comics before. No, so he never had that ability. Yeah, okay. that was well. That is. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, a- to be fair, I actually kind of liked it. But I just I kept laughing because his power level was nowhere near that level. I liked yeah. movie Electro, but he was totally, totally different than what was in the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> but and that was okay. and, and 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 maybe the last thing that I'll say on the on the subject of Amazing Spider-Man is, uh, yeah, he was another case of he was completely cheesy, but I actually kind of liked the fact that it was cheesy and campy. Uh, I will. I want to leave Amazing Spider-Man on an up note. So the things that I liked about it, the uh, the spider action when he's actually you know swinging around, shooting his webs, that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was definitely done well. One of my pet peeves in superhero movies is uh, they take their damn masks off all the time, and in this one, they did a really good job of he kept his mask on because you know in the comics his secret identity is is you know, important to him, just like it would be in any real world superhero situation. And, uh, and that's that, that part at the end where the rhino shows up for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so the thing is, there's like, they, they make you think that there's going to be three villains in it, but it's really mainly Electro. And then there's one yeah. kind of throwaway villain, which is the Green Goblin. And then Rhino is just a cameo. Like, you don't even really right. see him in the fight. But he shows up at the very end, and that sequence where the little boy comes out dressed as Spider-Man, who's going to fight the Rhino, because the real Spider-Man, 
uh, you know, was on hiatus after Gwen mm. died. That shit brought a tear to my fucking eye, man. That that little boy puts his little Spidey mask on, I'm weeping like a girl with a skin knee. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know, if, any movie that makes you feel something is a good movie, right? So I'm not saying it's the yep. best Spider-Man, but it's, uh, you know. I, I definitely left with memories yeah. of it. So I, so this is what I'll say, because I'll, I'll try to ask you this. I'll try to remember to ask you this at the end of each one of these movies that we'll ask. I won't ask Brian this time because he hasn't seen it. Um, Patrick, if you were to, on the, I'd, I'd buy it from my own personal movie collection, would you buy Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, that one's on the fence. Yeah. Um, Ditto. And... It's kind of on the fence, but I assumed going in that it would have been a straight hell no, that movie was terrible, but it turns out it's more like, ah, I got some extraneous cash and it's like five bucks. Yeah, sure. What the fuck not? Yeah. Now I will say I'm on the fence, but then again, my criteria for buying it is, uh, you know, the quality and length of the uh, action sequences. And I, as a footnote, I tend to buy, I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of shit that I bought. I was like, eh. Why wouldn't I buy it? So the fact that it's on the fence isn't really speaking Means very that you well probably it. buy it. If it's, if it's cheap enough. If it, if it comes down to like four bucks at buybacks, then yes, I would probably buy it. I, I, I think that you, Patrick's saying that his fence is a lot lower than our fences. Yes, that's what I'm trying to convey. <laughs> yeah. I kind of so. got that, yeah. All right, so uh, next movie. Kind of a big movie. Also, actually, all of these are kind of big movies. Um... But I'm going to go intellectual after the corniness oh, that is a, Amazing Spider-Man 2. What did you guys think of Interstellar, which I'm kind of surprised we did not do an episode on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was it was good. It, was, it didn't absolutely <laughs> blow me away, but I certainly enjoyed it. I, I was glad I, saw, I checked it out in the theater, and yeah. uh, I, I'll probably watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I like that movie. I saw was, a, go ahead. I, 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 there was, a, there was, it was big. It, it made you think. It had some cool, big sci-fi concepts. Um, I, I enjoyed that. It looked great. Um, so it was, uh, you know, very much, you know, uh, 2001 for the 21st century. Did um, ching. Wow. Wow. Man, you really just said that. I yeah. saw that bitch on IMAX, so yeah, it definitely was big. <laughs> it was it was large and it was uh, three hours long. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. A, it's a bit of a movie, but yeah. uh, I, I I will agree with with Brian. I liked it. It was I I like the fact that they kind of went into some like I don't know how you would call it practical science fiction mm. uh, or realistic science or. Not realistic because it's all conceivably realistic if you give it enough time, but it's uh, it's it's closer term. So you know, time dilation by going next to black holes, and uh, you know, new type new types of planets like the the giant tidal wave planet, right. um, yeah. which you've never seen before really in a in a major motion picture because it's it costs a lot of CG to make it work. Um, right, the fucking the fucking planet where. Uh, the clouds are solid. Yeah. <laughs> they go to that last planet and they fly and like they fly into the cloud and it breaks off. I'm like, you can't live here. Why are you people on this fucking planet? No, fuck <laughs> the planet. Go back yeah. into space and leave. <laughs> I, 
you, you bring up a good point. I want to go ahead and just throw this out there. It frustrated me because the same thing happened with gravity. When an effort is made to at least be scientifically more accurate, I feel like that just throws down the gauntlet to people rather than just enjoy the fact that a movie is trying to at least make an effort to be more scientifically accurate. They take it as, a, oh, well, I will be 10 times more. Uh, I will critical. review this with 10 times more. Thank you. 10 yes. times more critical than I will any other movie. And I'm like, you can't just appreciate that the guy that they're making an effort to be more scientific. Well, yeah, I, I had the same. <laughs> I had the same reaction. I was like, dude. For Hollywood, this is hard sci-fi. It doesn't get any harder than this exactly. in Hollywood. I mean, does, does it mean it's one hundred percent accurate? No, but it was obviously an attempt was made to be more scientifically accurate. Why are we shitting on this movie? Yes, and if nothing else, it gets you a lot of the weirdness that happens in the movie is based on some sort of real science, and so you could go and actually learn something and go investigate. Well, how how does the gravity time travel dilation work or how does the multidimensional stuff work or how do the wormholes work there is there's enough of a platform that you might actually learn something there or at least be inspired to go pick up a book or wikipedia and learn something you know so you know how do i talk to the aliens behind my bookcase yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry i'm sorry the future humans <laughs> yes. yeah my creepy dad who lives behind my bookshelf uh, who's knocking books off to try and tell me not to do shit. But hey, whatever. I, cool. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't think of the creepy aspect until you just said that. Yeah, that shit's creepy as hell. He watches you while you sleep. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if he had a lot of choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Creepy future humans turned him into his daughter's voyeur. Yeah, no, that's great. That's that's ah, wonderful. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. That, that's even better. Wonderful. <laughs> right. So I appreciated the fact that they made an effort to be more scientifically accurate. Um. I was completely surprised by the uh, Matt Damon appearance because they did a damn good job of not letting you know he was in that movie. Yeah. Until he shows up in the movie. I was like, holy shit, that's Matt Damon. Uh, that's what I said. I actually said it out, out uh, under my breath to a person sitting next to me. Surprise, Matt Damon. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, it's, the, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> So yeah, and he did. He played a very interesting role. So yeah, because uh, that guy kind of just went crazy. I'm not saying it wasn't justifiable. I can't say I wouldn't have gone crazy in his situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, normally, normally characters, you know, they do bad things. They make poor decisions, and I'm like, ah, oh, why would you do that? But for for his character, I completely understood it. Like I was yeah. like. Yeah, that guy's fucked in the head. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been stu he didn't even set a timer to come out of yeah. cryostasis that last time. He's like, "Well, fuck it. I'm gonna die on this little shit-eating solid cloud world. Uh, fuck this." And then, <laughs> you know, they wake him up and he's like, "Well, you can't leave. That's just <laughs> crazy talk." <laughs> I uh, 
I thought it was fucked up that when they opened it up and he started bawling like a baby, and I thought to myself, because I see way too many sci-fi movies, get away from that guy. He's going to kill you all. I don't know what's wrong with him yet, but get away from that guy. He's clearly fucking crazy. <laughs> so so my warning flag started, started going off. I was like, well, I really wish you wouldn't leave. But I understand if you need to. Now, come with me so it's just the two of us to some right. remote area of this planet. Like, well, wait, no. No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> See, I have to admit, it didn't, uh, it didn't really catch me because I was entirely too busy wondering about, it wasn't the worst piece of science in the movie, but it did strike me as being outlandishly poorly thought out relative to everything else. They have the... Oh, make sure you've got the long-range radio, and the long-range radio is the size of a thumb drive. And I'm just like, if it's that big, why don't you just put long-range radios on everybody's suits? Why do you have it as a modular thing if it's the size of a fucking thumb drive? Just install it as standard. Why? They can't possibly hurt to have these things on the suits. <laughs> and we're trying to save the planet Earth. I'm pretty sure money is not an object. <laughs> Well, but they didn't tell anybody, so it, it might be. <laughs> I, uh, like, what did you guys... Hey, let, let's not tell anybody that the planet's fucked, all right? Yeah, not fucking I was going to say, people. what did you think about Michael Caine when you find out that he was like, he really had no faith in their mission, that he <laughs> was just hoping that they would find another planet and not come back? Yeah. I was like, well, damn. <laughs> yeah. He's like, take the seed bank. And fucking get out of here! I'll tell I'll tell you some bullshit about your kids being safe, but uh, yeah, I can't I can't make this fucking building fly. What the fuck do I look like, Magneto? What the hell are you crazy? <laughs> so they should have known something was off when they looked on the side of the ship they left on. Um, McConaughey uh, and um, Catwoman and Hathaway. Uh, when the side of the ship said Johnny Applefeet, uh, Johnny Applefeet, <laughs> <laughs> they should have realized, you don't want me to come back. That ship says Johnny Applefeet. <laughs> do you know, do you know, uh, obviously, whatever. Uh, did you, I thought when uh, McConaughey left Anne Hathaway so that she could actually get out of the, uh, the gravity well, mm. I'm like, that... That is the cruelest fucking thing you can do. Send this woman off by herself yeah. to some lonely rock with a bunch of seeds. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with that? Is that is the greatest thing? Raise I've a bunch ever of babies. Of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Raise just, a shit ton of babies. <laughs> yeah, like when he finally goes back to get her, and she's just on that moon by herself. Just yeah. setting up tents. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my god, that it, that's like hell. That is yeah. that is literally science fiction hell. Yeah. <laughs> Ending up on a planet. You saw what it did to Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. I, I and let's, let's be clear, that was the love of her life too. So she just saw what happened to Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So yeah. And. Yeah. And I will. I, I would like to point out, she didn't even have the robot to keep her company. She had no, no iPod, no nothing. Just, yeah. just nothing. What you guys think of the robots, by the, the way? The robot I kinda, is fucking amazing. I hated it at first, but it, after about five minutes, I was like, "Those robots are kind of awesome." <laughs> I want one. I want but, one. You know, when I first saw him, I'm like, "Okay, that that would be a hard sci-fi robot, just a you know a rectangle with a screen on it." 
uh, all right, well, they can record things. But then when they land on Tidal World Planet and it's like, hey, go pick up Dr. So-and-so. And it's like, all right, let me transform into a hamster ball and roll my ass. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. All right, yeah. you know what? I've completely, I'm a, do 180. I am, I am all on board with those fucking robots. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I questioned the mobility of the robot until you saw it on that Tidal Wave Planet fucking just booking it. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that robot's going seriously fast. Obviously, yeah. somebody planned for an oh shit moment where the robot yeah. would not be left behind. And uh, it worked out. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> Did you uh did you read did you hear the behind the scenes bit on why the robot looks like it does in its default shape? No. Nope. They wanted it to look like the HAL 9000 black rectangular vocoder thing with the red eye in the middle. So that's why it's a big black and kind of like the monolith from 2001. It all echoes all of those things. Uh, so, that's nice. I like so it. It's, it's I a 2001 it. reference. And honestly, the whole movie f- felt like you took 2001, 2006, uh, 2010 and 3001 and rolled them up and shook them real hard and poured out a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys think of that 2001-esque ending? in my opinion, where uh, he was floating around and I believe a Tesseract. <laughs> um, well, I mean, la- later on he gets out of that. But yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I-, I did think it was really visually stunning just to see the the way they visually unfolded all of that on screen. I had one yeah. bit of a problem and that is that I thought... And I've been informed that I misinterpreted this, but that he was able to solve the day because love was a quantifiable uh, quality that he was able to mathematically use to save the day. And I'm like, okay, I get that you love your daughter and you want to get back to her, but you just said love was like, like an actual mathematical term you could use to save the day and I think that's a bit like a Doctor Who solution Yes, I was like I'm sorry you just literally pulled that out of your ass and you didn't even have a sonic screwdriver so I go bullshit a little bit (laughs) I still like the the movie huh that sonic screwdriver wouldn't have worked on the wood bookshelf anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and books are made of wood as well. So. Exactly. So, so, so yeah, uh, I had a little, I, I had a bit of a problem with that, but I have been told by the people that I went to see it with that I misinterpreted that. However, they can't tell me how I misinterpreted it. So I think they're just trying to defend a movie that they love, which <laughs> I'm not, I'm not cheating on the movie. I still love the movie, but I'm still allowed to have problems with the movie. Yeah. No, I think he. I, I felt like he just romanticized that, but yeah. you know, our our future time manipulating selves said, well, you know, this is the time loop that has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. McConaughey has to go, and then he has to be the one that transmits the data through our tesseract to his daughter, so that we can fix everything. Yeah. And the fact that he's going crazy because he kind of was thinking he was going to die and now he's floating around in a 4D representation of the creepy stalker's uh, vantage point in his daughter's bedroom. Perhaps he just kind of, you know, started throwing some bullshit out to kind of make it work in his own head. But that isn't actually the reality of what's happening. Yeah. 
It definitely got weird there towards the end. Any last words on Interstellar before we move on? Well, just that the guy being frozen solid and being thought out and meeting everybody in the future and everything is all very 3001, a space odyssey. <laughs> yeah. We that get it, Brian. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just, I was like, it even ends with that third book that nobody even remembers. But, so. I, I, My final thought, I think it was, I liked how he got dismissed by his daughter when he got, fro- uh, he got, you know, he got thawed, he comes to see her and then she's like, yeah, yeah, no, you should get the fuck out of here because my real family's here. Yeah, yeah. my children so, and my grandchildren. So uh, get to stepping, Dad. <laughs> so many people I know said, that's a problem. That doesn't make sense. I'm like, I don't have a problem with that thing. They're like, why doesn't his family talk to him? Because um, they don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't really I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I think they're trying to bring a lot of their expectations of what their family would do. And in my brain, I'm thinking, I can imagine a number of families that would react the exact same way that they did. Just because your family wouldn't react that way doesn't mean that family should react the way your family would. I'm just saying, at uh, our family reunions, there's like 500 people there. And uh, I'm not trying to talk to some random cousin I ain't never met before. Like, he's never ever ever interacted with any of those people he's just some dude to them like oh hey yeah. as a as a you know genetic curiosity because you're my grandfather or great-grandfather but otherwise you're just some random asshole that's talking yeah. to my grandma exactly and by, the, and by that point they're probably rehydrating long dead astronauts all the time but <laughs> so i was actually thinking to myself like i might walk up to the guy and just be like so uh went through a black hole huh <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, but other than that, all right. So, because uh, I asked at the end of the other one, uh, yep. movie collection. Did you guys buy it? I'll add it. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll buy it or not. Um, so, if I find a good price on it, maybe. For me, my usual rule is I'll buy it if I think I'd watch it multiple times. I don't know that I'd watch this movie multiple times. So, it was a good movie. Um, but I don't know that I would buy this one. So, but it's not a choice of, it's not because I thought the movie was terrible. I thought the movie was good. I just don't feel the need to watch it again. I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, all right. So next movie, we're going to go back to another comic book movie, but I'm going to save, uh, the big space one for last. So I'm going to jump to X-Men Days of Futures Past. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear Brian is really excited about that because I know he can't. He's usually not excited when we start talking about comic book stuff, but I know he was a fan of this movie. So, but he's a fan of the movies because he's seen all of the movies, so it's not like he's missing out on anything. This is true. Yes. So, uh, uh, so I like I I liked it actually. I uh, I heard I heard some people say they they weren't too. Uh, too happy with it, but I actually kind of liked it. Like it, it's it's a bad adaptation of the Days of Future Past story from the comic book, mm-hmm. but on its own standalone thing, uh, you know, it was self consistent. Everything made sense. Nobody did anything that was just you know out of character or super stupid. Um, you know, the, the being able to make 
Uber Sentinels from Mystique was a little on the on the iffy side, but other than that, um, I liked that. <laughs> I thought it was good. Yeah, I, Blink I, was in it. Blink was awesome. So you know. Uh oh yeah, Blink or as I like to call her, I, I'm just going to call her Portal now. Um, human Portal Gun. Yeah, the Human <laughs> Portal Gun. She was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought this movie was. It did two great things. I loved that it combined the very well the original trilogy of movies with the first class uh, mm-hmm. movies very well. I thought it was great yes. how they got both cast in there, and it also kind of worked as a continuity fixer. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. It was an absolutely great continuity fixer. It basically just wiped out. Both of the movies that everybody hated, it basically just said, we're just going to ignore those two movies. Like, they just never fucking happened, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was awesome. That pointed cameo at the end of, oh, hey, by the way, Cyclops is here. Hey, Gene's here. Hey, the professor's here. Yeah, everybody that we killed, they're all here, so. Yeah, let me just go ahead and say this in an episode, because I don't think I've ever had a chance to say this on the show. Uh, but I've said it many times to just you guys. I am still irritated that Cyclops, a great character in the comic books, has been relegated to Universal Cockblocker to Wolverine <laughs> in the movies. That is his only role. That is his only role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, 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 I have. I will say, even from the beginning, I kept always thinking they need to do more with uh, Scott. Right. Yeah. Right. Scott See, see uh, unlike a lot of these people, I actually even know their, vaguely know their real names. But, right. right. Their <laughs> real names. <laughs> hey, whatever. No, um, yeah, no. So, yeah, no. Uh, Cyclops in the comic book, when I was younger, Cyclops, yeah. and this probably says more about me, he was actually one of my favorite characters. I, I thought yeah. he was fucking amazing. He was more than just the obstacle for Wolverine to that fiery vagina. That is Jean Grey. Like Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, all great characters, and they're more than just people that Cyclops either, I mean, that Wolverine either wants to sleep with or the obstacle to the person that Wolverine wants to sleep with. And I hate the fact that both of those characters have just become that. Yeah. No, I, I definitely kept thinking that there's a slightly better Scott, a slightly more interesting version of Scott, just kind of not quite being tapped into in this franchise. Um, Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I don't know what he was like in the comics. For all I knew, this was an accurate representation. I just kept wanting him to be more when I was It was not an accurate representation. representation. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, but I love the hell out of this movie. This e- this easily sweep it was probably my probably second or first favorite movie of 2014. Wow. Uh, it's, That's a big it's, statement. <laughs> so, um, it was... I honestly think this is one of the best time travel movies that have been... Uh, big screen movies that have been made since Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, as far as being able to do something on screen involving time travel uh, to another area that, that totally... 
that, that, that we've not seen before. Just right. like we'd never seen anyone travel back into their own previous film with Back to the Future Part 2. This one used the two separate movie franchises and integrated them together to tell one big time travel story in a way that we had not ever seen, I, I don't think ever, you know, on, the, on the big screen before. Anything like this. Um, not that I can think of. <laughs> you you didn't have the problem of oh well now we have this young guy that we have to pretend is Professor X or we have this old guy that we have to prevent prevent mm. pretend is Professor uh, X. No, we already accept that this is Professor X in both versions, and so all of the awkwardness of the recasting uh, was completely wiped away because of the way they were setting it up. In the same way that that the Marvel Studios movies did a great job of setting things up for the Avengers, this movie the the X-Men did a great job inadvertently of setting things up for Days of Future Past to make what is one of the best and most interestingly entertaining, uh, thoroughly entertaining and lovable and nonstop excitingly involving time travel movies I've seen in a long, long time. I, I, no matter whether we were in the future or in the past, everything seemed to matter. Everything was fun and, and ever, I cared about everyone involved. And, uh, I didn't know where they were going with any of this. I hadn't read the comic, which probably doesn't hurt much it went one way or the other. It sounds like they changed most of it, but yeah, they changed uh, quite a bit. <laughs> but, but, uh, and they, they, uh, just about everything other than someone yeah. going back in time. Using yeah, that's, 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 that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah, they changed pretty much everything. <laughs> and, and, and and well, they did. They, there was definitely a few yanks on the uh, the the Wolverine wanking stick um, in this movie. It did yeah. not overpower the film. The film was still very much Magneto, Xavier, and Mystique, which is the movie I wanted to see anyway. And Wolverine is kind of just there, almost for comic relief, and as a, as yeah. a very important important critical supporting role. So. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I ended up liking about the movie where if you look at the commercials you would assume that Wolverine was the main character, but actually he ended up being basically used as just the thorough line to connect the two franchises in a way that they could till, still tell what was essentially still just a sequel to um, uh, shit, a first class. Uh, yes. It was basically a really good sequel to First Class that used the cast of the original franchise in a very cool way uh, that was unexpected. But in the end, this was still basically just a sequel to First Class. Uh, I liked it as a nice send-off to the cast of the original franchise. Because, yeah, they said, yeah, this was the last time you were going to see these people, and we just didn't want their last movie to be X-Men Last Stand. Like, I actually read an interview with Brian Singer where he said those words. I just didn't want X-Men Last Stand to be those actors' last X-Men movie. I was like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... I, I do have a continuity question that maybe this has been answered, or maybe you guys... Uh, but. At the at the end of X Men Three, it look if you watch the Sting, it appears that Xavier is reincarnated in a new body that does not look like Patrick Stewart. 
Right. Oh, and then yeah, when that's in a, the, yeah. But in the, when we flash forward, yeah. he is now looking like Patrick Stewart again. Is there an explanation for that? Or I, I, just I actually say, think, Patrick Stewart's awesome, shut up. I, I actually <laughs> think that's the explanation. I think somebody even, I think I read somewhere, somebody flat out asked Brian Singer that question. The fact of the matter is, I had that question when I saw the end of The Wolverine, where Patrick Stewart rolls up, and this is supposed to be set after X-Men Last Stand. Because they talk about Jean Grey all through the Wolverine being dead. And, um, yeah, Patrick Stewart just rolls oh, yeah, up. You're right. And they never fucking give an explanation oh, yeah, for yeah, why right. he looks like Patrick Stewart again. And I really think the explanation is, shut up, look over there. <laughs> I, I think they just said, look, we're just not going to bother coming up with one because there really right. isn't a good one. <laughs> well, look, I think the explanation is, I don't know if you've ever read a comic book before, but this would not be the first time somebody died, but didn't really die. They just shifted their consciousness someplace else until their body could be recreated. Right. How did it get recreated? Well, X-Men three and a half, the Shi'ar showed up, but we didn't have time to film all that. <laughs> right, so right. We'll so yeah, that's the thing. That, that happened and... Yeah, whatever the explanation is, they basically just decided that it happened off camera and they weren't going to get into it. Which, on okay. some level, I kind of appreciated. Uh, but on another level, I do think it was kind of just weird that it was like, look, Patrick Stewart's back. Just go with it, okay? <laughs> so, I'm Kerry. I, 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 I agree. I mean, first class wouldn't have been nearly as good, or not for uh, future past. Wouldn't have been nearly as good if it hadn't been Patrick Stewart there. Right, uh, so, right. you know, it was definitely the right choice to make. Would you have been happier if they had somebody walk up and say, I thought you were dead? And he says, I got better. And then they just move on with the film and, and that there's oh, an acknowledgement oh. that doesn't explain bullshit. Or... You know what I like about that, uh, Patrick? He used the famous Chris Claremont X-Men yeah. line, I got better. Yeah. Did you do that yeah. on purpose or was that an accident? I, I it was a it's a Monty Python joke from Holy Grail. Ah, he turned well, me into a newt. Oh, I got better. But <laughs> I don't know if that's where Chris Caremont got Probably it from, yeah. but I think he was doing it. Well, no, the fucking Monty Python's pretty old too. But yeah, that happens all <laughs> the time in fucking X Men back in the late seventies. <laughs> to 80s to early 90s when Chris Claremont was writing like all of X-Men okay. and like a character would be dead and then he would be resurrected okay, so, so, and then so somebody corrected... repeat that I'm correct I'm correct in assuming that if that line had been used just that like line that, is used actually... repeatedly oh, I yeah. got better you would have been happy to see that in the movie if that he had said I got better I would have peed on myself <laughs> <laughs> alright 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 because like, I think that was kind of Claremont's in joke to the fact that you have these characters and all these horrible, like all these horrible all things right. happen to them. So, so I really okay. And cool. uh, but but and and there's so because when he writes them, people come in, then something major will happen to them, then they go away. New characters will come in. It's, you read about them for a while. The old characters will come back, and maybe they're the same. Maybe they're the difference, or maybe they're the different. Maybe they're different. And so if you have somebody who's like, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in like two years. What happened to you? It's like, ah, I got better. Don't worry about the whole backstory. It's there. I'm just not going to recount it right now. And it's kind of like the character saying, yeah, 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 I was dead. I'm not dead anymore. I'm sick of telling the story. I just got better. Yeah. So 
So yeah, I got better, became one of what is kind of known as uh, Claremontisms, which is there's like (laughs) all these phrases that he used repeatedly. I'm really surprised that Wolverine in none of the X-Men movies to date has said, I'm the best I am at what I do, and what I do isn't very pretty. Because that was kind of his goddamn tagline forever. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's called brand management. Um, (laughs) You know what? The one thing that – the one person I feel sorry for in this whole Days of Future Past thing is Rebecca Romaine Stamos, the original Mystique. Because they're like, no, no, no. We're using the new girl for it now. And everybody else got to come back. Every single one except poor original Mystique. It's just sad. It's just sad. I, uh, I'll i say this, because um, that was one of the questions that I had about the movie. Um, and it's a good thing I wrote this down months ago when I saw it, because I would have forgotten. <laughs> um, yeah, they say that the U.S. government used Mystique's um, mutation to create their Sentinels the way that they had. Was that different than the history that was there before? Or was that something that was added? This is when time travel starts to become kind of convoluted. Because I'm like, was that a change to the timeline that they had? But it can't be because when you saw the future in Days of Future Past, they were clearly mimicking. And I actually thought this was cool. They were actually the Sentinels were using the powers of the mutants from the first from the first flat from first class. Like it turned to steel, like and like White Queen did in the first first class, and it had Darwin's power. And I was Darwin. like, the powers that the Sentinels were using, and I thought that was a nice little touch that it didn't even explain it. You just had to notice it. The powers they were using were the powers of the mutants from first class, and I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, except... Okay, so maybe this is where knowledge of the comic book comes in. So, the thing is, with Mystique, she's purely cosmetic. She doesn't actually gain any of the attributes from anybody that she mimics, Mm -hmm. right? So, if she looks like Colossus, she's not made of steel. She doesn't have increased strength or increased invulnerability. So, saying that you can somehow use her powers to make the Sentinels uh, adaptive, like the Borg... Right. doesn't make any sense because it would just look like them, but it wouldn't actually do them. Now, the original Sentinels were learning computers, and so they would they would adapt new strategies um, based on fighting the mutants. Nimrod was their like their number one hunter killer from the future. And he, you know, once you tried something on him, he's like, all right, let me add that to the database, figure up a countermeasure. And then implement that. So he would, you know, if you try to hit it with ice, he would turn into fire. If you try to hit it with fire, he'd, he'd freeze himself. You know, he could do all that stuff. What You know, they beat him one time because Nightcrawler uh, jumped on him and teleported his arm off of him. And uh, and so all of that damage basically short-circuited him. And so he, he took off before he got destroyed. The next time that next Nightcrawler saw him, he's like, well, let me try this thing again. And he came up with a countermeasure, which... Kind of, you know, discorporated Kurt for a little bit. So, you know, the the Sentinels had that capability. I just don't think they. You just can't get it from Mystique. I don't. Right. Think. Like I well, get why you do it in the movie because you have to have a reason to have her involved and and all of that. It's but, also good shorthand. It's a good quick way to just say, well, that's why they can do it because they got Mystique. 
But yeah, oh, it, that it, and the girl that can phase through walls also can shunt memories through time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna get into the Shadowcat thing because that's fucking stupid. Uh, it, it works <laughs> now, for the movie, but that's fucking stupid. <laughs> right now, are you? Uh, there's apparently a new cut of uh, Days of Future yeah. Past that's going to be released on DVD. Yeah. Have you guys had any thoughts or reactions to that? Are you going to be? I'll tracking be. In, that I'll, down? I'll definitely get it. I'll be interested to see it. Um, what what's the new cut? They're adding things like like uh, Anna Paquin's character was completely cut out. There was a rescue mission in the future where they rescued Rogue, um, hmm. and they just completely cut that out to save time. And the other reason that I heard was um, it kind of cuts the tension if uh, when Shadowcat's injured and she, they're not sure if she can keep Wolverine back in time. Well, that problem's kind of solved real easy if Rogue is standing in the road. You just have fucking rogue touch her and then keep going. Problem solved. Yeah. So they said well, they actually kind of only... removed it. Huh? Well, that's only temporary, though, right? She can only hold that power for a minute and then yeah, it goes back but... to Shadowcat, who's passed out. So they needed more than a minute to keep Wolverine there. So it's not it's not a long-term solution. It's not a long-term if she solution. if her too long, then, you know, she becomes... Carol Kitty Pride Rogue. Right. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a long-term solution, but it's a solution that would cut the tension a little bit. So they just kind of removed her from the movie. But this new cut apparently brings her back in. So okay. there is one less... Carol Danvers powers? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> awesome. I, there is one sure. other thing I do want to bring up. It's important for me to bring this up. I spent months dreading Quicksilver. <laughs> from the way he looked. Oh, you foolish, <laughs> foolish person. And then I saw the movie. Look, look, I still state that he looks stupid. But <laughs> the character is fucking amazing. <laughs> yes. He almost stole the entire movie for me. <laughs> well, he certainly stole the show in every scene he was in. Right. Which is he impressive was... given who else he was with. <laughs> right. In some of those he scenes. was amazing. I also love the scene when he's talking to Magneto. And he says, uh, uh, I forget what he says, but he's like, oh, my, my father he did says, something. What, do you, blah, what blah. do you do? He's like, oh, I control magnetism. Like, huh, mom said my dad can do that. And you just see this look of thing. uncomfortableness on his face where he's like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's my child. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't say it, but you can see it on Magneto's face. He's like, oh, oh shit, that's my child. <laughs> I just so thought I that was shit. an amazing touch. <laughs> I'm that baby's dad. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. So... That was that was a funny little sequence there. So, that was funny so now I'm very interested to see how fucking Marvel Studios is gonna handle it because fucking I got to give it to Fox. They fucking nailed Quicksilver. So yeah, I, I'll be interested to see how fucking Joss Whedon does it. <laughs> yes. So so I, here's a question you guys might not know the answer to, but. Originally, Matthew Vaughn, who directed First Class, mm -hmm. was on track to direct Days of Future Past. Uh -huh. And then they got Brian Singer in there. And uh, Brian Singer did a great job, but I also loved Vaughn's First Class. And so I'm kind of curious to know what happened there. And do you have I, you? I used to know the button? answer to that question. I don't remember anymore. But part of the reason why I forgot is as much as I did like X Men First Class, I think Brian Singer is still a better director. So to me, 
I don't care why Matthew Vaughn couldn't do it. They upgraded, so I could care less why he couldn't do it. He probably would have done a passable job. I don't deny that. But Brian Singer fucking knocked that shit out yeah. of the park. So I'm actually, whatever the reason, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> I I love Brian Singer's X-Men. I do happen to think that First Class is my favorite X-Men movie. I'm okay with Singer doing it. I think he did a great job, arguably, quite possibly better. Singer's a little better. It seems to be a bit better at the epic scope on things, and he's got he's good at that. The the, the bigness and and first and Days of Future Past was big mm-hmm. and required a bigness to it. Um, but I would love to know what happened to Matthew Vaughn. So, I'm sure that's uh, something you can find fairly easy on the internet, and I'm sure once we find it, we'll post it on our sites. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I will say this. I, um... I went X-Men researching did, and I couldn't dig it up, but it was several months ago. Maybe I can was, find it. Because well, I read interviews yeah. where I got an answer to that question. I just don't remember because I didn't care. Like, <laughs> I was happy that Brian Singer was making it, so I didn't care about the reason for why Matthew Vaughn wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say that I, I think X-Men Days of Future's Past is my favorite X-Men movie. Yeah. Like, when I think about all uh, the other ones... Days of Future Past is the one that I am most happy to rewatch. So I, I uh, agreed. Uh, oh, Brian! By the way, he said uh, it didn't. Uh, doing Days of Future Past didn't excite him enough, and he was excited to go do Secret Service. So ah. that's why he was. That's All why right. He, so he, he chose he to off. step down. Yeah. So okay. All right. Hey, fine. Yeah. Fine. I'm I cool with that. Somebody. Somebody had. <laughs> At some point shortly after I saw the film, somebody speculated that Brian Singer says, I'm available, and the studio just dropped Vaughn like a hot potato. And I was like, that's kind of sad, because I really loved Vaughn's first class, if that's what happened. So I'm glad to know that it was a voluntary choice on his part. All right, all right. So we got at least two more movies to do, so we're going to jump in. That was only four. Uh, Well, I I guess the question, it's it's fine. all right, so fine. I'm not going to ask whether or not we would add it to our personal collections. I actually I definitely would. I, I already have it in my personal collection. <laughs> well, I am waiting for go. the ex- I am waiting for the extended cut. Uh, actually, I'll, uh, let me just go, I'll go ahead and tell you if you're waiting for it. Uh, they've actually said that it will be complimentary. It won't be. It'll be a brand new cut, and there won't be any special features on the new set that is on the one that's out now. So oh, yeah, I just put. So I looked at it like this. I love the one that was released in movies, so I want a copy of that version. So even if they come out with an extended version, I want a copy of the version that I saw and already love. So, uh, yeah, I'll still buy the, the new extended version. But he said the new extended version won't have the old version on it, and I want that version. So See, for... For me, the only movie I've ever seen that I loved that I did not that I wanted the shorter version for was Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That was the only one where I thought shorter was actually better. No. <laughs> well, anyway, all right. So to keep with our time travel, um, the next movie is Edge of Tomorrow uh, that we oh. all saw and loved. And um, yeah, that's a great movie. It's a just really fun. good movie. Uh, and I think we all went into that movie. Well, maybe not Patrick, but I went into that movie not expecting a whole lot. <laughs> I think Patrick went into that movie with not a whole lot of like. I think he was expecting it to be a good movie. I wasn't expecting it to be a good movie, and it turned out to be a much better movie than I was expecting. Uh, Brian, what did you think? 
I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. I I mean, I always loved the Groundhog Day shtick. I've loved it ever since the beginning. I, I and I mean, I I know sci-fi has sort of beat it to death, uh, but at this point, but they've still made it pretty fresh. I I, I they they kept it going, um, even in this one. Um, and and. It was still fun. I still love it enough that I can't. I, I love watching it over and over again. Um, I liked Daybreak. Mm-hmm. I liked the Stargate version. I liked the you know the original Groundhog Day. So, um, and this was fun, interesting. I. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. I remember there was something about the end when he stops leaping through time, that bothered me or made me feel like okay, they're just kind of. And the writer reaches in and says, I'm going to take away some of your toys now. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It just felt a little contrived. But I, I overall, I really loved the movie. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Well, yeah, yeah. it was definitely a lot of fun. I uh, One uh, comment that I've heard a lot of people make was that it felt a lot like a video game, which, as a person that at least used to play a lot of video games, uh, I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick, what was your, how did you feel? I liked it. I thought it was, I, I thought it was just really fun. I like the, uh, kind of the progression of him figuring out what the hell's going on and, and doing that same, you know, the, the shtick of, well, I already told you this. These are the keywords that will get you to believe what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, and also kind of the way that his relationship with, uh, what was it? Emily Blunt? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how that kind of, uh, how that kind of progressed, how, you know, at that one point he's like, well, hey, let me make you some coffee. And because, you know, look, we've done this 40 times. You're going to die any which way we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I've basically been doing this with you for like eight months. So it's been long enough for me to, you know, develop feelings for you, but you not long enough for you to reciprocate because we just met. So, you know, so I like that whole, that little bit of that dynamic there where he kind of got defeatist about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get to that farmhouse, um, but yeah, I mean, I liked I liked the whole thing. That was uh, it was it was really it was a really good movie. It's a really great movie. Very fun. Yeah, and I will definitely buy it. Yes, <laughs> at some point. Uh, though, if you buy it, you're going to be buying Live Die Repeat and not Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got to make my own cover art and I'll replace it. So don't worry about it. I, I actually like the new title better than the old. I do, I'm too. Okay I actually yes. do, I like the new title better, too. I just think it's funny. Um, one of the that things... new title is just on the nose. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. This right. is what the movie's about. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. One of the things yeah, that... Well. One of the things that I liked about this movie was it was kind of like the anti-Tom Cruise role, where in the beginning, oh, he was yeah. a bit of a coward. <laughs> and uh, he was just trying to talk his way out. Him being charming and trying to talk his way out of things is more Tom Cruise, but him being a bit of a coward is like the anti-Mission Impossible character that he's kind of become known for playing. A cowardly douchebag. So yeah, in this yeah. movie, he was a cowardly douchebag that was just trying to get away from it. And uh, I loved Bill Paxton in this movie. <laughs> Bill Paxton yes. was kind yes. of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> when is Bill Paxton not kind of amazing? But you get my point. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. No, I liked it. I thought it I, I thought all of those characters were great. I really I really liked them. There wasn't anyone that was actually super annoying for me, so so it was good. Okay. Uh well I guess we don't 
I think that one is just kind of, uh, it was a great movie. So I guess we can just kind of move on. There. Are, we, are we pretty much good for that one? Yeah, all right, then. Yeah. yeah, let's just go ahead and close this out with the uh, the movie we had all been looking forward to. Some dreading that it might have been terrible. That is me. But it turned that out to be yes. fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. Best Marvel Studios movie ever made. I would agree with that statement. I, I would. I would have to agree with that statement. And I didn't think that I would. I want to stress that I was a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic book, the recent one that this movie is basically based on, before I saw the movie. But I would have thought that that was going to be hard to translate into a good movie. I didn't factor in the James Gunness of the situation. <laughs> Uh, the guy who made Slither and apparently a whole list of other movies that are kind of similar in, in nature is tailor made for this kind of movie. So, yeah, I uh, he fucking nailed it. Um, Rocket Raccoon and Groot especially were amazing. Um, <laughs> easily my favorite character is, is Rocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just easily. That, that so, part where they're like, all right, fine. I'm standing. We're all standing <laughs> like a bunch of jackasses. Like that's just this is great. I just love that. So, part. So, I love that character. I think. My, so you go ahead. You guys would both agree that this was a very faithful translation. Uh, from what I've read, which I haven't read. A, no, actually, I have read a lot of Guardians. Uh, yeah, I would say it was a fairly uh, faithful. It was one of the more faithful adaptations. I say that they're definitely some wild changes to what the character is like in the comic book. Like, Star-Lord is practically nothing like he is in the comic book. I would say Groot and Rocket are very similar. And uh, maybe Gamora is similar-esque. But yeah, I would say uh, Drax and Star-Lord are both very different from the way they are in the comic book. But All right. it, to the tone of the comic book, very similar. All right. I'm curious now if you couple two-line summary of Star-Lord in the comics, just so I have some frame of reference. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and tell you that um, Star-Lord is kind of like what Iron Man was like pre-Robert Downey Jr., where he had a personality, but if you asked five different people what Iron Man was like before Robert Downey Jr., you probably would have gotten five different answers. Now... Now that they modeled uh, Iron Man in the comic book after Robert Downey Jr., he has a very distinct personality, and it's very much like Tony Stark in the movies. So I think Star-Lord now is more like he is in the movie, and before that, he I don't think he necessarily had a well-defined, everybody wrote him in a certain way. So he was kind of generic space hero? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I, I maybe I'm being unfair, and maybe if I had read more Guardians of the Galaxy or more with that character, I would feel differently, but I don't think so. I actually think that character was written as generic good guy in space. All right. Well, if he's, he is representing the, uh, the you know, the, if he's representing Earth and the human factor in all of this weirdness, then making him a bit generic works fine because everything around him is totally off the wall. Um, I, I honestly, I've kind of felt that Crichton is a little generic in Farscape, but, uh, but, uh, he's, he's growing up. Oh, give it time. So, yeah. Uh, I was actually right. going to say the way the show is, 
I'm not going to get too much into this, but the way the show is in season one and the way the show is in season four are wildly different. They might as well be two different shows. And I'll go ahead and tell you, if you loved Guardians of the Galaxy, a friend of ours, Tim, pointed this out to me. If you love Guardians of the Galaxy, then you should like Farscape because they're damn near the same thing. No, no, I, I can definitely see some structural similarities already. Um, Drax, uh, a couple of sentence summary of who Drax is in the comic. One or two. Uh, I would say Drax in the comic book is basically a character that was created for the sole purpose of killing Thanos, which is why I actually thought it was cool that they threw that line into the end and he was like, well, Thanos is the real person that I need to kill. I was like, oh, so now you're just making him closer to the way he is in the movie, in the comic book. <laughs> um, he is, um, he's basically treated as, uh, I'll tell you that the uh, whole thing about him being super literal is not in the comic book at all. all right. He's not super literal. Right. And in the comic book, he's also human. He's a human that was drastically altered to, to be someone designed to kill Thanos. And uh, uh, his whole life is built around killing okay. Thanos. All right. Well, no, that's a pretty big difference. All right, cool. Now so, I have yeah. some sort of context. To these He's things. wildly different. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Drax in the movie, and I actually yeah. think that is the superior version of Drax. But I just yeah. thought it was funny how different he is from the comic book. All right. So, so. Uh, yeah, I thought I loved it because... It, it excelled in taking things that do not belong together and putting them together, which is what I love about Doctor Who, and it's what this movie did very, very well uh, in a very fun way. It rarely went for scary. It usually just went for fun, but it did it, did it very fun, putting things together that you don't normally see stuck together, you know? Yeah. I mean, even, even in the trailer, where they pr- give you, they tell you that's what you're going to get. They promise that in the trailer with the, the 70s music matched right. with space opera. So. And since you brought up the music, I'm just going to go ahead and point out, I know everybody talks about it, and I know it's the thing everybody's kind of sick of, but the fucking soundtrack to that movie is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the best movie soundtracks Normally, you only get a soundtrack that good from a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> so, it was amazing. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, so. I've got several of those songs. Some of those songs I had never heard before. Come and Get Your Love, that was the first time I had ever heard that song. Uh, and it was a great song. The song that plays in the opening credits when he's dancing through the uh, the the ruins. Uh, the coming that's a great song that I had never heard before. Oh, I've heard that. I, I'd never heard Cherry Bombs. That was the one that was new. Yeah, I heard Cherry Bomb. Never I uh Hooked on Feeling, obviously I heard before, but uh I think it was actually as as my girlfriend likes to point out, she thinks it was handled better in the trailer than it was in the actual movie. Uh, I think she was expecting it to be when she heard it in the, the trailer and she loved it in the trailer, but when it was used in the movie she was like, Oh, I kind of don't like the way it was used in the movie. (laughs) But I think that's her single solitary beef with that movie. And that's a minor fucking uh, beef. I I also love the giant skull space station thing. That skull planet thing. That was amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a real thing from the comic book, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I read about, I did read that, but I was like, that's just great. I want a whole movie with crazy ideas like that. 
Patrick? I want a small movie franchise. Oh, you, you just wait, Brian. Oh yeah, they're coming. Just wait. So, coming. Patrick, you've been you've been yeah. quiet on Guardians. What, what what do you think? Oh, I I mean I I liked it. I don't know what I don't well I don't know what else to say. I already uh, raved over uh, Rocket. Everybody loves Groot, especially when he his tree arm impales twenty people and slams them into walls left and right. Yeah. Um, oh, he just turns around and smiles. <laughs> And then he smiles like, did I do good? I did good, right? Yeah. I just violently murdered right? a bunch of people. That's good, right? <laughs> and they're like, uh, okay. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, all of it. I don't, there's the, there, there's nothing about that that I don't like. As, as evidenced by, if you go to the Honest trailers and there are how it should have ended, I don't know, one of those two, and they're like, yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of grasping at straws here. There's there's nothing wrong with this movie. Um, oh, that must be how it should have ended because I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either that or maybe it's the editing room. But it, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'll, the only thing we have to complain about are like very small nits because just everything in it is put together well enough. It, it has, uh, you know, it has a really good flow. It has really good character development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's everybody's motivations are clear and logical and you know, common sense. Uh, you know, the only thing that struck me as weird is Thanos's flying chair, and that's only because, as an engineer, I'm just thinking about what the control system is to make the armrest float independent of of the rest <laughs> of the system, but move as one big chair. And I'm like, huh, that seems overly complicated for a throne. But hey, whatever. I, I, I do the point. Wants, uh, right? The point of a throne is to be overly complicated. It's not just a chair. <laughs> I do have uh, one nitpick, but I, I acknowledge that it is. I acknowledge that I'm picking a nit. I kind of felt like Ronan the Accuser is a bit of a shallow villain. Now, part of it may be that I know the character from the comic book and I actually like the character. I think he's a very complex character. Who, who has been both a good and a bad guy. It, it's all depending on what the situation is that he'll be a good... He's like Scorpius in that way. Like, whether uh, or not he's a good or okay. a bad guy is based on the situation. You don't know going into any situation which side he's going to be on. And I kind of felt like the Ronin in the movie was not that. But I've had to come to accept that the characters you get in the movies are not the characters in the comic book. But even if you even if you state that, I still thought he was a bit of a shallow bad guy. But whatever, I still love the movie. <laughs> I uh, I just thought he was just he was like a mustache twirling. He was a bad guy who was just bad for the purpose of being bad. Like there was no real reason for him to. He was just I'm just a bad guy. It's what I do. I'm evil. I do evil things. So there was a. Uh... I read recently an interview with the director saying how he he actually struggled with that. He said that that we we spent a lot of time trying to crack how do we make him something more than just a mustache twirler. Um, and apparently, he kills somebody at some point. I yeah, can't he does. Remember this like part. right at the beginning, at the very his, the first time yeah, you see him, time you see he him. kills somebody. Yeah. Somebody like some big important guy who was in one of the other movies or referenced in one of the other films or something that I. I, I oh, yeah, I, yeah. I You're talking about uh, the guy from Avengers. The guy who was played by um, Alexis Denisov. Wesley. Yeah, Wesley. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he killed that guy. And uh, I actually had to look it up. He was still played by Wesley. I was like, I really don't recognize that actor because in two I separate really movies, I still did not recognize that that was you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because that's the guy in Avengers that talks to Loki, yeah. and then you see him again at the end. Yeah, that was that was part of the, de- uh, the his attempts to try to beef up that guy as a as something more than than just a, a paint by numbers villain. Try to show that he he could kick some butt and that there was a reason to worry about him because he had to play second tier to Thanos, of course. So right, it's hard to take him seriously, but. But yeah, I mean, I did. don't get me wrong. I thought it was a cool visual because Ronan always looks cool. He looks cool in the comic book, and he looks cool in this movie. So I'm not entirely complaining. It is a, like I said, it is a nitpick. Yeah. Well, I think it might be a nitpick that the director would probably nod his head if he could hear you say yeah. and say, "Well, yeah." It's just I thought you might want to know that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've seen that movie three times, and I suspect I will see it. Multiple more times. I mean, I had to see it at least as many times as I've seen Avengers, and that's double digits at this point. So, <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I look forward to to seeing that movie more and more often. And uh, it's already that is also already a part of my movie collection. So yes, uh, <laughs> I don't that one. I saw that is that one is also on my shelf. How about you, Patrick? You own it already, or you definitely? I plan to. But yeah, it is definitely it is definitely going to be part of the of the movie library. Um, all right, and uh, yeah, so that's 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 that. Right? I think that's it. That was all the movies that I think we had always intended to do full episodes for, and then we were in another year, so we were like, we should at least acknowledge these movies. <laughs> um. I, I enjoyed myself. Uh, I, I will say that that <laughs> that that list of movies clearly indicate because I don't think there was any one of those movies we thought were were terrible. I, I think the worst was Amazing right. Spider-Man Two, and I still said that movie was basically passable. So yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It was a fine movie. So I think that is a Not good indication ever, but it was good. of our of what our 2014 looks like. We'll get into that in more detail in a soon to be coming episode. So, look forward to that. So, look forward for that. Um, since Steve is not here, we will have to uh, stumble through our self-promotion. But, uh, that means that if you like the show, and pff, dear God, why wouldn't you? No, wait, I got that I got that twisted. Why would you? Regardless, you could go to uh, scifishow.net and all of our episodes are there and all the rest of our stuff is there on Facebook, uh, slash sci-fi show on Twitter at sci-fi show, uh, Google plus we have one. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but if you go to sci-fi show.net, the link is there and that's all of it. Right. So, uh, until next time, this is Patrick. This is Michael. This is Brian. I got better. Okay, yeah. (laughs) He got better, but he's not really. Oh, wow. Okay, alright, I'm done.